Hello, everyone, and welcome to the New Japan Pro Wrestling official English podcast, where today I am very, very glad to be joined by my broadcast colleagues remotely. Um, so, you know, we're, we're going down the Skype pipe for a change rather than being in the same room. And, uh, I'm, I'm very, very happy to be joined and to be steering the ship, oddly, um, as Kevin Kelly and Gino Gambino join me. Gentlemen, minasama, yoroshiku onagai itashimasu. Yoroshiku onagai shimasu. Yoroshiku onagai Did I do it right? Did I do it right? It's been like six weeks <laughs> since I've heard you butcher the Japanese. I try my habit. best. Yeah. Yeah. How, well, how I we, just, I love hmm. the idea that, that, uh, Chris is in Japan. I'm in Pennsylvania in the United States and Gino's in Melbourne, Australia. And in, we're inside all inside a pizza shop in a pizza shop. Yeah. And we're all, <laughs> uh, talking to each other, uh, in, you know, live real time. This is amazing. The beauty of technology. It's, it's wonderful. It, it is incredible. I did just have to tab over and make sure we're recording this, but we are. So it's good. Um, it's a good start. Yes, it is indeed. Uh, so yes, we are, we are remote, which, uh, might make us seem remote. And it, it might be why we also tread on each other's toes a few times during this broadcast. Um, because I am not the producer that Kevin Kelly is either. More of the, uh, boat captain, the conductor, you know, it's a lot of hand waving, a lot of gestures, mm. middle finger towards Gino, and, you know. It, <laughs> But what I want to do, hopefully, is that um, we can give the fans some content because people are craving it right now. I've gotten so many great messages. You know, there are people out there, guys, that like us and that apparently like it when we do our jobs and they miss us. (laughs) Shocking. Well, they like you and Chris. That's 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 the start. Uh, yeah, some people some people like you, Gino, I think. Are they pretend no. always liked Chris. See that <laughs> that, that the, the love for Chris predated the love for me and for you, Gino. Then yeah. uh Chris Chris's love has grown, my love has grown, and your love is still being fostered. Uh, we'll work, we'll it, work it out. It's it's a slow process to love Gino. It takes a while. <laughs> you know, it's very difficult to love, as I'm sure we'll get into on this podcast. Yeah, yeah please. <laughs> let's, let's, we can make this like my psychiatry session that I haven't been able to afford since New Japan shut down. This can be it. This can be the hour. Wait till you get we haven't, we haven't shut down. We're not, we're not running. Yeah, <laughs> we well, you know what I mean. Make, All right, I'm probably going to get in trouble us. for that now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> what, so, Chris, what are you doing? Uh, and And... How are you like handling all of this and what's going on over there? What are we missing? Um, well, our, our sort of environment is, you know, we're, we're doing, we're trying to make as much content as we can with, with what we have. Um, and that's across the entire spectrum. That's, that's why we started this New Japan Together project, uh, which you've probably heard Kevin Kelly's voice on, uh, some archival matches from the past. And, uh, you know, we're looking to grow that as, as much as we can within the boundaries of, of where we're working. But, uh, yeah, so just, uh, just doing what we, what we can with, with what we can. Um, you know, I think the most striking thing, boys, is that, uh, there is apparently, um, a shortage of milk going, going on at the moment. Um, and that's, that's taking things. <laughs> <especially> <laughs> 
I should have laughed, but I just got the joke, Chris. It took yeah. me a little bit, but I just got it's the a, joke. Yep. It took a few seconds. But yeah, but generally, can't, can't get milk for love nor money. Son okay. of a... <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, Gino, first of all, now, uh, you know, from uh, from Australia, what's the what's the situation like? And um, you know, what have you been doing with the time? Going to well, it's... it's you're going to pizza shops. It's kind of eerie here at the moment. Everything's kind of slowed down. I mean, um, but I just miss wrestling. I miss watching New Japan. I miss seeing you guys. I miss Tokyo. It's, you know, being around New Japan and watching some really great wrestling. But luckily, being a subscriber to New Japan World, I've been able to watch some really good classic matches. Um, but it's just made me more hungry. I'm looking forward to getting back on the road. Yes. I have to pay for it still. They still haven't given me a free one. I'll talk to the office about that. Yeah, be in with the uh, the clothing, wouldn't it? <laughs> same, same deal. Same deal. Yeah. Uh, so, Kevin, you, you've been recording archival stuff. What, uh, yes. Just some uh, past anniversary matches. Just just went up as as we're speaking here. It was uh, going back about uh, between uh, eleven and thirteen years ago. Uh, various anniversary show main events and a, a kind of a real the first one that i called i felt like was the most important uh when you looked at the changing of the guard because it was a tag match with uh two of the members of legend which was monster chono and jushin thunder liger against the current junior heavyweight champ which was tiger mask and the iwgp heavyweight champion which was Hiroshi tanahashi mm. and it was 2009, I believe. So yeah. it was only like less than a year later that Chono was completely gone from the company. And it was then Tanahashi's company, 100%. And it really was at this point, too. Because when you go back and you look at the match, you can see that, you know, age had ca- had caught up to Chono, obviously. And, but he was very much in control of things. But then by the end, Tanahashi had taken over and that I felt like that match was metaphorical for sort of the changing of the guard from the, uh, you know, the old era into the new era, into the ace age. And, and it, it was Tanahashi's company. He just grabbed it by the throat and wasn't letting go. It was, it was a lot of fun. Plus you get to go back and call Shinsuke Nakamura matches, which are never mm-hmm. bad. They're always great. And uh, Hiroki Goto, who looks the same mm. as he does today, which is amazing. He was a little, <laughs> a little thicker in the upper body. He had more upper body muscularity, um, but he looks the same facially, moves the same, all the same. Like he hasn't slowed. He hasn't aged. Uh, it's remarkable. And uh, you know, it was definitely a, a Toki Makabe heavy. There were, you know, Makabe matches. There's a lot of fun. I always love going back in the archives. Those are great because it's learning for me as I'm still, you know, relatively new in my fandom, uh, you know, five years now. But I'm still enjoying when I jump back and I do go back into the archives, whether just to watch matches, start to go down a rabbit hole or to call them and actually put some of that knowledge to it to, you know, be the connective tissue between the reasons why this match was important then and what it all means today. 
Yeah, it's, it's funny you say that, Kevin. I think about it a lot. Uh, a lot of our fans, uh, uh, like yourself, fairly new, only probably subscribed to New Japan World in the last year or so and have missed that great era where Tanahashi took the reins of the you know the new japan company and it was it was an amazing time and i really i really hope a lot of people go back and watch that that story unfold because it was so important in the history of wrestling in japan yeah i really like the kojima and makabe match from that set maybe because it's you know it's quite a lumpy heavyweight match but also because i i like going through archives and finding those short periods in history where you go wait what you know so that's the Kojima Makabe match is in the midst of like Kojima gun, which prefaced right. Suzuki gun. So this was before Tai Chi and, uh, Takaminjinoku at the time went to Minoru Suzuki and it's Tai Chi coming out with Kojima and Tai Chi doing Tai Chi stuff and Tai Chi having remarkable hair. Uh, <laughs> it's quite a sight. <laughs> so, um, but again, it's weird seeing Kojima as the black hat in that match mm. because. He had the sneer and it's the scowl and a very aggressive style, but you could see the the fingerprints were there for the inevitable. That that Tai Chi was just too dark, too too devious for Kojima, and that eventually the water was going to find its level, and and Kojima was going to be with the side of right. Whereas Taichi was going to continue down the dark path and eventually align himself with Minoru Suzuki. Uh, but you could really see it in this one match from the New Japan Cup, uh, what, nine years ago? Yeah, well, I mean, Kojima had, he'd won the, the G1 before that and, uh, you know, he'd be... Uh, IWGP champion before Tanahashi took it and then went on his run. And it was almost like not entirely unlike the position that Kenta found himself in. Uh, you know, when he was away for a long, long time, like Kojima was predominantly working for, for All Japan for so long and then represented All Japan when he was wrestling Tenzan in the mid 2000s. Um, so then when he came back, you know, it, it was the, the questionable loyalties and he wasn't going to get, uh, that reception that he wanted to get. And so he was like, well, I'm going to take you know, this guy Taichi under my wing, you know, and Taichi had, uh, his own history in all Japan as well. Um, and then, you know, he sort of created this uh, preliminary army around himself that, uh, then was just, yeah, he, he was too pure for, for Taichi and, uh, Taka at least. And so. we, you know, again, that was all of the, you know, in that era, he couldn't, he couldn't, nobody could buy a friend. They had to make friends. It was weird. And they always had to like reach across the aisle and drag somebody in that wasn't necessarily the right fit, but they had to do what they had to do to survive. Um, because, you know, with the fall of, of GBH and the morph into chaos and all of that, you needed to have back. You need to have somebody watching your back because otherwise you were just going to get steamrolled. Um, yeah, it was, it was almost like prison rules. Just align yourself with somebody at the time, even if you didn't think they were a long-term friend. Just you needed someone, you needed a teammate to exactly watch your back, as you said, Kevin. Mm. And because because of that, we saw you know some strange bedfellows. Certainly, when you when you talk about the modern era, but when we look at how the growth, and I think that so many fans, if you just look at the New Japan World period forward. There, there are those fans, and those are the ones that we speak to when we do uh, when we do these archival matches because they don't know, 
and there there isn't there aren't books written about it. There wasn't YouTube, you know. There wasn't television. There was no there's no there's archival footage, but it doesn't exist, especially for fans in the West who never mm. were experienced, you know, never got to experience it. So that's why those matches are are so much fun. But for the rest of the time, boys, I'm bored stiff. This is, <laughs> I mean, it is, it's insanity. So we're recording this uh, at the end of the weekend here in the U.S. And now they've, they've closed the schools for two weeks in my state and in many of the surrounding states. So all of the Northeast is shut down. I live in Pennsylvania. All of New York is shut down. The schools are shut down for two weeks. And there are going to be millions of kids who are driving their parents crazy <laughs> over the next So now's the perfect time. Put on New Japan. The perfect babysitter will get you through this. Throw some snacks in their face. Put some old wrestling matches on and, you know, have a few moments of peace and quiet. Look, I don't think I've ever been called the perfect babysitter before, but I'll give it a crack. <laughs> If you want to listen to Uncle Gino on, on this podcast, please, please do not leave your kids with Uncle Gino. Gino, Gino, tell me, you taking my hammer? You taking my hammer? I had this hammer twenty-seven years. It's a brand new. I can tell. I really can tell you're bored. You've been watching far too much Australian YouTube. And it's striking comedies. <laughs> Gino sends me links and here, watch this. <laughs> and then I, I become obsessed with it. Well, so. here's my question for you guys. You, you know I love food, obviously. What's the j- one Japanese meal? I mean, Chris, you're fine, but Kevin, what's the one Japanese meal you've been missing the most? Maccas. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, oh, I was thinking about it the other day. I was raving like uh those either the convini fried chickens yes or the skewers i wanted a skewer teriyaki chicken skewer so bad with some rice and you can get that here and it's not like you know we're in you know on the moon yes. but I, that's what i've been i've been craving just the convenient convenience store food convenience store shopping that's my life that's what i love and that's what I've been missing the most. It's it's funny. Mine's chicken as well. But you know that little place we go to next to Corican Hall in front of Tokyo okay. Dome that does the ramen and the chicken and chips? Those are we, Right. I, I've yeah. been craving it because I, like I like to put the chili oil on top of the chicken. I know this isn't wrestling related, but it's just as important that oh, people no, no. understand <laughs> I haven't had Japanese chicken and chips yeah. in, in, in almost a month. And, I'm, I'm, and I've got the shakes. And there is not ramen here the way it's done, you know, in Japan. Mm. Uh, at least oh. I have found it by me. I'm sure that in New York or big cities they have it, but I live in rural central Pennsylvania. Um, so the, the, it, it's, um, it's not the same, but yeah, I, I just miss, you know, being able to walk outside and turning right and going to either, you know, one convenience or across the street is another one or over there. Yeah. There's a, I missed that. I have to get in my car and I have to drive. Over there. And, <laughs> and, and that vitamin C drink that they have, which I scull while I'm in Japan is also fantastic. And I'm sure probably a good time to be drinking a lot of vitamin C. So Chris, if you can sneak me some to Melbourne somehow, I'll be internally grateful. Right, right. I'm t- maybe Corcoran Hall has an excess of chicken. We could 
Who knows? Um, yeah. So if we were, if we were on and active, we'd be in the last week of the New Japan Cup, uh, right about now as, as we're talking. Um, I've had on, uh, on my desk right here, I've had the, uh, you know, my brackets for the New Japan Cup just sitting there. Ready for <laughs> ready. At, at some point, <laughs> we might, you know, maybe next year <laughs> when we do the New Japan Cup with the exact same entrance, I'll be able to to wheel it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, for for you guys, Gino first, because you were actually going to be off this tour. I was, um, yes. So you were probably, you know, watching, going to be watching as a fan and and doing your brackets. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, I I mean, let's say let's go wildly well you know, maybe not wildly out outside the ball but i was going to say you were going to have jay white to to win but you had kenta in the opposite bracket i uh that was my belief that it would be a jay white kenta final somehow it would have happened and we would have had an all bullet club new japan cup which would have been amazing but this year's field was so deep and had so many big names you were just uncertain you couldn't pick a favorite. There were so many people in there that you're like, well, everyone's got a shot this year. We've seen New Japan Cups in the past where we've had a pretty distinct favorite or at least a top two or three. But this year seemed to have multiple people that were genuine contenders to be in that final. Kevin, who who did you have as your final in the, in the New Japan Cup? Well, uh, I had just circled the Jay White Okada match because mm. whoever was in that and i kept going back and forth whoever was going to win that match was eventually going to win the whole thing um i just i felt like a lot of the intrigue early on was going to be on potential partners facing each other in the yes. second hmm. i think there, there were at least two or maybe three matches where you could say oh these guys are friends and they might have to face each other yeah. so that was going to have some unique matches but as it really started to shake out I just kept going back to Jay White and Okada because they're the favorite to me in every match. That was what I was doing. Who's the favorite? Well, Jay mm. White's the favorite. Okay. So, well, who's the favorite? Okada? Yeah. Okada's a favorite. So I just, I just circled that match and was like, whoever won that one was going to get the beeline, not going to buy, but they were going to be the ones in my bracket who were going to win the whole thing. I had a Sonata Jay White final with Sonata winning, but. Oh, uh, wow. But at the same time, I had um, Tomo Hanari go to the semifinals. And that, <laughs> that's what I think, you know, because I was thinking if he gets past Ishii, then he had, a, you know, a pretty decent run after that of like, you know, not every, every match, you never know what's, what's quite going to happen, but they, they were, you could see, you could see him come through against a lot of those uh, other opponents, you know? So I, I thought this was going to be the, the, the spring of Toa Hinai, where, you know, we really saw him uh, catapult himself to the forefront. Is this because he threatened to beat you up? He Is that why you're doing it? <laughs> yes, he did multiple times. <laughs> when I was Maybe around. not to you, but he's yeah, told man. me multiple times. <laughs> as, as voiced his opinion, right? Yeah. And, and that's the thing. He voices his opinion and the boys aren't afraid to stick their finger in his face and say, hey, I didn't appreciate your opinion. But to Chris's credit, he doesn't back up, nor does he change his opinion. Um and I think what you'll learn, Chris, over the years is 
there are ways to say things and ways not to say things. <laughs> well, look, if we want, if we need to put Hanare and Chris in an octagon or a cage of some kind, I'm all for it. I'll, I'll pay for it. <laughs> I look for content. I mean, content. you know, Hanare is no. That would be a fair fight because Hanare I just would. Think, yeah, I just enjoy that Hanare during this whole epidemic has decided again to spend time in Thailand at a kickboxing camp. Like the man, <laughs> the man is just mental. He will go out there and he will push his body to the limits. And and maybe you're right, Chris. Maybe that was his time to shine during this year's New Japan Cup. We were already in a crazy year anyway with mm. the Olympics and having to move the G1 to the fall. I mean, now this whole year is so unpredictable going forward. Um, I think there's going to be like some, there's going to be a lot of pent up uh, interest. I think first from the fans uh, because fans are going mental without new Japan. But I also think that from the wrestlers themselves, like this time is going to be very beneficial because very rarely have they stopped. You know, we talked about, uh, Chris, you did such a great job at, at Wrestle Kingdom talking about how Tetsuya Naito was on the verge of physical collapse mm. before he even got to the dome, before he was even there. And and now, how is this time off that nobody planned for, but everybody's getting equally? How is it going to benefit them or affect them, perhaps negatively, going forward through the rest of this you know, now incredibly unpredictable year. So that to me is one of my, my big takeaway out of all of this is, is, oh yeah, the new Japan cup that, you know, but how's this going to, what's this going to mean for the rest of the year and, and this turbulent time. So I think like Hanare going to Thailand and, and preparing, like he's still training for, to get the call tomorrow, I think is one interesting way about it. And other guys, I'm sure you know, sitting down and having a bit of a rest and catching their breath and, and healing up physically. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm re reloading my carbs and getting ready for the next tour. But there's something interesting I found when I was looking at the brackets of this year's New Japan Cup. On the left-hand side of the brackets, you only had two former winners in Okada and Nagata. But on the right-hand side, you had one, two, three, four, five winners on the right-hand side with Goto, who's won it three times. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. Yeah, yeah. But and, and plus the finalists in Sonata. So the, the right hand side seemed to be the tougher side for the 2020 New Japan Cup. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, and then you had uh, Shingo and Osprey in that set as well, and that was the match that you circled on the the right hand side of that that bracket. Um, and ever since both of those guys, you know, Shingo has, has said Osprey's not getting away and, and vice versa. So I, I'm sure when we are back up running, that's going to be uh, one of the first main events that, that we see on, on one of these shows coming up. Um, so, you know, it's, it's wild, wild times indeed. Now, like one thing I wanted to bring up is uh, us as what, well, you know, we, with, with different roles that, that we have, but um in the in the context of this podcast, announcers that don't have anything to announce um, <laughs> <laughs> was uh, yeah you know, that that's one thing I wanted us to to talk about. And just before I think everything got crazy, I don't know if you saw this. Like there was a um, a video that went viral on on Twitter, where it was I think it was the the UK um, rugby coverage. Did you see this? I can't and say it, I did. No. 
I and this, so it was this, um, it was like a, a 30 second clip of, of them going into, um, some big rugby match, right? And, um, they got, they put over the, the feed, which was what the announcers heard in their headsets. And it, it, it was super fascinating, um, from, you know, my standpoint. And you know, all three of us, because all I all I know personally is we put those headsets on and we never hear anything in our ears, right? <laughs> the entire thing. But like these, uh, you know, these this rugby thing, it was just okay. We're gonna come go to commercial in five, four, and like everything, it's like a spaceship, you know, countdown. It's like five four three two one and then okay now there's going to be a wipe and a picture in picture in five four three two one and it's constant like a, a constant noise there and so it's always like really fascinating and and maybe we can give some insight into just the work environment that, that we're in compared well, to other sports well the only signals i get is when kevin starts punching me under the table for talking too much yeah. So no. besides, besides <laughs> never happened once. It happened once. Don't lie. <laughs> uh, but besides that, no, we're we're pretty free. As, as I've always said, Kevin's a great captain of the ship. Uh, unlike Chris today on this podcast, but Kevin oh, really, really, <laughs> really drives uh, what needs to be said and done. And that's because obviously, Kevin. And again, you know, I always say this about you. You've tons of experience with tv producing and and broadcasting and radio and and we always just feed off what you think is best and i think that's why we work so well together is there isn't someone screaming in our ear it's very based around there's one captain and and we follow and just add our bits as we go unless unless you think different kevin but that's how it comes across for me oh i i I agree with that and i will say this chris about that video not having heard it but I can say that they're not doing those announcers any favors. There are ways to take some of that talk out of their headsets Um, because a lot of that is directorial and doesn't need to, because it it isn't necessarily benefiting the announcers. The less talk that we have in our ears, the better we will do. And, uh, you know, when I was in WWE, I never got, screamed at by vince you know that's of course the famous story that vince will scream at the announcers he never screamed at me once he would tell me he would say a line to me and then he would tell me to say it and i would do my best to try to get it in but if i didn't i just moved on and he never yelled at me um but a lot of that you know you'd hear the key open you'd hear the channel open and somebody's going to be talking to you and it was either somebody from the truck with something important or it was it was somebody who was helping produce the announcers, and uh, you know so it it didn't matter who it was, but when that key would open, you'd always sort of pay attention, and it it nine times out of ten, it really didn't help. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what I learned, and but I but I also know that if I was if I was the guy producing the announcers. What would I say? I would say a lot of it on the front end. I, you know, cause again, we talk before every show and we go yeah. over things and we set up some stuff and we, we kind of know where we're going to take the conversation in various matches because of what's happened or what's coming up. So we will do a lot of that ahead of time and I'll throw a question to you that we've already, you know, we've already gone over. Uh, and I, a lot of times I'll say that, be like, Hey, we were talking earlier today and blah, blah, blah. 
So I think that just the, the less interference that we have, trust the professionals, right? They've hired us to do a job. They're hiring us based upon our knowledge, our experience, our expertise, our personality. All of these things were kind of rolled into one. And now we have to go out there and we have to do it. So when, you know, and God bless him, Yoshitatsu, when we we were working together for Wrestle Kingdom, we said, okay, you speak English. Your English is fine, um, but you're also a wrestler and you can talk about that. Well, he didn't want to say anything negative about anybody. So there's, bullet club, you know, you're the bullet club owner. Okay, great. Hey, there's AJ Styles. Uh, he broke your neck. What do you think about him? And I got nothing. <laughs> he had a lot to say in the locker room. He didn't have a lot to say when we got out there. So again, that wasn't going to work. But there's, there's, uh, it's a, it's a skill. But again, if you just, if you go out there and you just let your personality show, you're going to be successful. And 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 that's it. Uh, only one of the three of us is a trained broadcaster. And and so I'm there just to be the lead and to help get you guys over. So I think I've, you know, I'm, I'm successful in that regard because the people like you. And, and that's what makes me happy. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I do enjoy that we kind of set our own tone for the night. And I, I like to tell this story to a lot of people. And I guess I'll share it on the podcast thing as we're not getting much content at New Japan at the moment. But I remember distinctly uh, Wrestle Kingdom. It's quite a long show and, you know, you need that bathroom break or that few minutes just to stretch your legs because sitting at a table for four hours is quite strenuous. So uh, we sort of picked matches that we would go and have our break. And, and my match was uh, Liger's match, which was, I think, second or third on the card for the first night, if I'm right. Chris, is that right? Second it was, or third? Uh, it was after the prelims, yeah. That's right. So I, I went and had my my break. So it's a fair walk all the way back uh, to the locker room. And I walked to the locker room and I, I changed my shirt because I'd spilt coffee on it earlier. <laughs> I'd gone to the bathroom. And as I was walking back, I, I noticed some pizza uh, in catering, uh, which excited me a lot. So I went and grabbed some about three or four slices uh, and started eating. And as I got to my second last slice, uh, the match had finished and, and the music had hit and I'd realized I had to be back for the next match. So I was running up the uh, the rampway, eating pizza and drinking my Red Bull at the same time and choking, trying to rush back in time for the next match. And I probably would have got in a lot of trouble if anyone knew that and now they do. So, <laughs> But I, luckily, I finished my pizza slice just before the next match started. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know, and I, I said, and I, Chris, of course, you know, we had said we need to take a break so that we can go to the bathroom because it is such a long walk. Neither neither you nor I discussed pizza nor Red Bull at no. any point <laughs> no. during any of that. That was Gino kind of going into business for himself and yeah. you gotta eat. You gotta keep you gotta keep the energy levels up. That's <laughs> but I think that you know, not to pat all of ourselves on our, on our backs, but I, you know, I think I do it. The, yeah, so I'm sure. I, you know, I think <laughs> Tokyo Dome was on on the face of it. You know, and I think probably we all thought going in that because there were four of us there, um, that it would be a challenge. And the the feedback from everybody was so overwhelmingly positive for 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 a four man team. You know, even though it, you know it probably felt. Kevin always seems like the the you know the meme with the guy on the organ and then he's 
the one man band honking the horn. And like, <laughs> <laughs> That's a great analogy. <laughs> <laughs> and trying to steer us along. But I, yeah, I think it, it was the remark, uh, it was the mark of really all of us knowing where we need to be. And it was like Kevin, I think a conversation you and I had last summer, um, where, you know, until then I, I hadn't figured it out, but you know, it seems obvious, but when you told me, Hey, like make sure everything you say has some merit to it and has some value to it, you know, the, the, there's no point in filling space. And I think all of us knew, okay, this is where I can add value at this point. And so I'm going to speak rather than, um, you know, it's been quiet. I haven't said anything for like two minutes, so I should say something right now. You know, I think that that's, that was the, the difference. We all had to, and, and again, sometimes we can let, and we have wonderful sound because we have a wonderful audience, whether it's at Corican or whether it's a Tokyo dome, uh, that is there and is responsive and just not sound sometimes can help drive the narrative. So there are times that we can, there are times that we definitely need to talk and there are times that we definitely need to be quiet. Um, and, and I think that that's, that's a little bit of a for older fans. I think that that, that was kind of one of the big takeaways in my line to you, Chris, about that, because why are they listening to us? Well, they're listening to us for value. Um, there, it was Japanese commentary forever. And when the decision was made to have English commentary, it was to educate the fans and to tell them why new Japan is so great. So everything that we have to say, everything that we say has, has to have that intrinsic value. Otherwise, what purpose do we serve? And it's so that's, I think a key for, for all of us to remember going forward. So if you're, if you're quiet, through 85% of a match and you've got one great line, man, that's gold, especially with four guys. Cause you know, every other television show you see now they struggle and they struggle because they're overproduced and they struggle because they all have to, you know, for lack of a better term, excuse the French, but, um, <laughs> oh, we can the, swear on this podcast, Chris. No, I mean, we can I have to believe it after this, but the, you know, so those types of things we have to avoid because you know what they could switch over and just listen to Japanese feet. So we gotta be, we gotta be better than them. Um, and, and they, they just do their thing. Like they've always done whatever, you know, whatever team they have, they have so many, you know, different voices, different points of view that they can bring on, um, with us, it's only us. And, mm. you know, a couple of, so if, if Gino's on the tour, it's Gino. And if, if it's Gino, Chris and Kevin, okay, great. Now it's a three man booth. And if Rocky's there, okay, great. And then with a show like Kingdom, it's a four man booth. Wow. That's a lot. So we just really have to make sure that what we say has meaning. I think, I think the bonus is that we all love professional wrestling and we all love new Japan. Like we, we watch the product where we know what's going on and we understand wrestling on probably a different level to to some fans and that way we're kind of adding to their education as well it's almost like a little educational time when you're broadcasting wrestling because you need to explain so much that's going on but at the same time staying quiet does exactly that just like you said kevin like letting something breathe letting letting a moment happen uh is just as important as explaining it to someone who may have never seen wrestling before 
do have so many new fans that I do feel like sometimes I get a little repetitive with the way I might describe a certain person or quickly encapsulate a backstory in a couple of lines. But then I take a step back and I go, wait a minute, there's somebody new. There's a new subscriber. There's somebody that is a longtime subscriber that has friends that are coming over to watch a big show that have never seen new Japan before. And if I give them just that little bit of a window into our world, then I can hook them. Then we can bring them in and they will become fans like all of us are. So it, we have to remember that too. We can never get too far ahead of ourselves and realize that everybody's in on <laughs> the history and they know everything. We have to be uh, leaders in that regard, but never get too far away from this is why you will love this guy. This is why you will hate this guy. And, you know, telling the Kenta story, I think, is so critical because here was a, a fan who had never hadn't seen New Japan, but knew Kenta. And then he comes back. It's like, wait, how did we get here? Okay, so we got to quickly tell the story. That's a prime example. Hmm. Uh, Kevin, you've been recording and doing broadcasting for Donkey's years. And, uh, Gino, you've been in the wrestling business for what? How many years? 15, 15, 15 wonderful years. 15 years, years this, this business. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and me in terms of professionally professionally in this business not long at all you know and then in terms of just covering it i guess semi-professionally you know eight eight nine years i suppose mm. um so we've all like come from different standpoints and and gino i mean predominantly wrestling right and you know, and promoting and do you think that has your does your viewpoint or has your viewpoint of how you actually watch and how you actually take in wrestling has that changed um since you've been broadcasting Oh, that's, that's actually a really interesting point because I was only thinking about this the other day and it, and it hasn't too much. I think once you're in the business, as they like to say, once you're broken in, you kind of view wrestling differently anyway. Uh, you're no longer watching it uh, as a fan. It's, you watch it more from a professional standpoint. Um, I think the thing that has changed for me is I'm now viewing uh, the actual technical side of wrestling and how different everybody is. Um, from a Zack Sabre Jr. to a Will Ospreay to an Okada, everyone has their unique little style. Um, and the more I'm now visually trying to capture a moment uh, when I'm broadcasting, I'm seeing different holds and and almost different reversals. And I was like, oh, I've, I've never thought of it that way or I've never seen it done that way. And it's really nice to uh, re-educate myself on wrestling, I, you know, there's a stage where you think you know it all, um, but having the opportunity to watch people in the class of those three guys or four guys, even guys like Jay White and Kenta, an amazing array of uh, wrestling capability. Like it, it sometimes Jay White does things, and I'm like, how how hasn't he even thought to reverse that move? from that person that way it's it's an amazing sort of thing to watch so that's probably what's changed but uh from a professional standpoint it's still i still get the itch i still see that ringside and kevin knows i'm always like oh you know what if i challenge someone for something and get a match out of it like so it's still there but from a broadcasting point of view it's nice to actually really break down move to move a match it's, it's a really different uh, aspect of wrestling for me 
And uh, Kevin, to you, like how you approach the job and how you you watch, you know, what goes on in the ring, has that changed from, uh, you know, from the perspective of of working in different companies and different promotions? When you come from where I came from, and I was in WWE from '96 until 2003, um, it took me a long time to kind of get the appreciation back, the love of wrestling back. And it wasn't until I was working with ring of honor that, you know, uh, that that really started to come o- come on board again. Um, now I try to watch everything from the, the eye of the fan. I try to get the appreciation for the little things as well. And that's why somebody like Kanemaru always stands out to me. Because everything he does is flawless. I don't know if people can truly appreciate how great he is. And that's just one example. The greatness of Jay White. We see it all the time. We, we come to expect the greatness of Okada. But there, he's never in... His footwork is pristine. And everything <laughs> that he does, all the little technical wrestling stuff that he does, is so precise. Uh, it really is remarkable. And then... I watch too, like I'll look out of the corner of my eye. I won't be looking at the monitor. I'll watch the camera people and I watch how they run around the ring to get the shot and how, how in tune they are. And it's almost like a dance as they're keeping one eye open towards the ring because you never know if a body's going to come flying out. They've got to jockey around the still photographers that are at ringside. And it's this dance um, as they move around on the outside. It it's wonderful to see. It really is. Yeah, the um, you know it's a good point. You know, I've, I've sat with the the production team a lot of times, and there's what's most fascinating is the amount of work that they go through when there's somebody new coming in. You know, when you have, you know, when I think when Doki came into Best of the Super Juniors, make those, get those meetings and, and get together and speak about, well, what have you seen of him? Like, I've seen this and that of him, you know, and then just, uh, okay, well, if he's in this position, how best can we frame him? How best can we shoot him? Cause we really don't know what he's going to do in this particular situation. You might miss that sort of that, that shot. Um, but they're, they're so, um, incredibly, you know, they're honestly the, the best production team anywhere, you know, and I think that really sort of pays off. You really see that in the, in the, in the shots that they get. Um, um more than once I have, I've gone to Milano and I've told him like announcer to announcer, Hey, here's the background on so-and-so that's new. Uh, and you know, like of, uh, when the LA dojo guys started to, uh, come in and I had sat down with all of them and got a little bit of background on, on each one. So I kind of clued Milano in who, whose English is decent to say, here's the background on Clark Collins. Here's the background on Carl Fredericks, uh, so that he could take it or not, you know, again, it's just for his information, but you know, again, if we can, if we can bridge that gap, we can kind of help each other too. We can be the eyes and ears for, for what's going on. Then I think that's, that's wonderful. That's how the two teams can work seamlessly together. You know, even though we're not hearing, we're not part of their production per se, uh, we can all work together and help each other out. Mm. So, uh, hopefully, 
by the time uh, we, you people at home are listening to this podcast, we might have uh, an update or two in terms of what's going to happen in, in the coming days and the coming weeks in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And just, um, you know, I mean, obviously the fans are champing at the bit to get back and, and watch New Japan Pro Wrestling. And that goes to everybody, you know, it, up and down. Nobody is happy with these cancellations happening, you know, and, and uh, every wrestler wants to go out and and prove that they're still the best and that we're still the best and uh you know everybody that's that's in the office and and everybody down to the warehouse stuff really wants to get back going um before you know if we when we do get going again and uh you know the the next big show is upon us and uh and gino when you get that call of saying gino gambino we want you in between these dates what's uh what's yes. your pre- what's your preparation at that point card loading or uh, my prepara- my, my preparation is usually the same. There's a lot of crying. Um, I remember, I'll tell you a, a real story. The, uh, the day before I debuted at Wrestle Kingdom, I spent uh, vomiting uh, out of anxiety and then vomited so much I caused myself a blood nose. So that still Oof. does happen time to time. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I get quite nervous because you want to do the best job. You want to be the best broadcaster that money can buy for the fans that are watching New Japan. Because I still remember being a fan of Japanese wrestling and watching and wanting it to be always the best product. So it is it is a bit of pressure. Um, I do watch a lot of uh, the matches upcoming to a tour. I'd like to be aware of what's going on. I'd like to know who's hating who and who's loving who at the moment because it's always changing. Um, and then I annoy Kevin mainly. Uh, Kevin usually gets a message from me anxiously worried about what I should do or what I should say. And then Kevin has to talk me off the ledge. Uh, and then our friend, Chris Samsa usually sends an email with some stats that I'll go through, but it's, it's quite a daunting process. And again, it's, it's not out of anything else, but wanting to be the best for the fans. And, and I'm glad that they do like us because we all put in a lot of work to make sure that we are the top quality that they expect out of new Japan pro wrestling. The one of the big things that I find, because I was explaining this actually to my mom the other day, you know, she was like, oh, well, it's great that you're home. I said, well, it's not great because now I'm really bored. And one of the reasons why I'm really bored is because I'm not writing notes. And that's a big thing that I do. You know, like I had done a lot of work on the front end for the New Japan Cup. Uh, you know, and I still have everything saved. I don't know what's going to happen, but um, it, it was... You know, because again, you want to make sure you know everybody's background and history and you want to have it boiled down into just the most concise soundbite that you possibly can write. So there was a lot of that and there is a lot of that on the front end. So as soon as the card, you know, Chris, you usually get an email from me like, hey, when's the card going to be announced and when will we know? So I can start to get my prep work done. Um, and, you know, but again, I'm I'm gearing up like like we're going to be back to work sooner rather than later. You know, like I just, I just bought a new suit yesterday as a matter of fact. So it's being, and I'm like making sure like, when's it going to be shipped? Am I going to get it this coming week? Yes. Okay, good, good. Cause I have no idea. We don't know when we're going to, you know, be tasked again with returning to commentary, but we've got to be, we've got to be ready to go. Um, you know, so I'm always like trying to coordinate schedules here at the house because I've got an older son who's out of school I got a younger son who's in seventh grade, you know, coordinating this and that with my wife. So, you know, all the moving parts still work. But a lot of it then is just 
kind of getting mentally ready and trying to see those matches ahead of time and how a particular outcome uh, will relate to, um, you know, something that's happened in the past or if the opposite outcome happens, how will that relate to what happens in the past and how will that shake out the future? Because when we can sit there and we can say, if so-and-so wins, what will be next? And that is critical. But we're all, I'm already mm-hmm. thinking that ahead of time because I got a plan for every scenario. Um, you know, I didn't realize that Hiroki Goto was as low as he was last year, almost a year ago now, until he came back for the G1 and we saw this renewed, re-energized Hiroki Goto and it was yeah. like, wow. So when I'm kind of throwing dirt on him, like this guy said he was going to win the New Japan Cup and he's bounced in the first round and he kind of laid an egg. It was kind of like, wow, he did he listen to our commentary? I hope he's not, <laughs> you know, hope he's not hot. But damn, if he didn't come back like a, you know, a hellstorm and just took off and had an amazing G1. So we're trying to do we're trying to do a lot of that on the front end. Uh, and that is with that being absent now, uh, I got a lot of time on my hands. So it's, uh, you know, I'm annoying everybody here at the house. I can't sit still. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's rotten. So the sooner this is all over, the better. And the good news is, guys, I, I think, I know everything's going to work out just fine for everybody all around the world. And I think that we're all going to be safe and I think we're all going to be fine. And no matter what happens, you know, uh, we'll be back to normal as soon as we can. And I think that we're all going to be wiser and better people for this. You know, if, if nothing else, just, Hey, be sure to wash your hands more. And all those little reminders <laughs> yeah. that we, from the day, you know, hey, when we're kids, they're, they're, that's drilled into our heads. But as we start to get a little older, you know, I think there's going to be more precautions made. And I think all of it's going to be for the good, but yeah, in the meantime, a very long-winded answer to say, uh, I've got nothing right now, and I need something in my life. So please hurry up and let's let's get New <laughs> Japan back going, so I can have some work to do. <laughs> so you saying so you saying I have to wash my hands, Kevin? Is that what you're saying? Yes, apparently so, Gino. That's yeah. the word on. The, I know. I'll get soap, I'll and, get soap and water as well. Soap like and a, water. You don't lick them clean. That's ah, right. that's the problem. I'll start today. Yeah, lick, that's what it licking takes. the pizza sauce off your fingers. <laughs> licking the pizza sauce off your fingers does not make your fingers clean. I've eaten so much pizza in the last month. It's been ridiculous. But it's funny what you say about Goto. Uh, I, I think he does listen to our commentary because after Jay White and Goto, I you know did say a few things about Goto that maybe weren't very nice. And then I got a Twitter follow the next day, and I was waiting for a very angry DM that never came. Luckily, so maybe maybe he does listen to our to our commentary. <laughs> yeah, it's I never think about it. And then, and it, and it, obviously it makes sense that people listen to us, you know, and it was, yeah, I think the, the second day at the Tokyo Dome, uh, you know, and I just got in, you know, and I, and John Moxley was out on the floor and I just sort of, you know, shook his hand at the, at the time you could shake hands. Um, and so, you know, sort of, hello, sir, nice to meet you. And, and he was like, oh yeah, listen to you yesterday. Good job. And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> it makes people actually listen to us. Um, that's, you know, that's, that's anxiety causing in a way, you know, oh, I, to, I agree. Avoid. 
Yeah, I'm I'm terrible, so I'm shocked when people are saying <laughs> I did a good job. But uh, <laughs> I'll tell you a story that goes way way back. Well, Sid Vicious, right, mm. had a reputation for being uh, quite difficult to deal with. I guess you could say with some of the staff, he doesn't suffer fools lightly. Let's say he has very little patience for people. And he, this, you know, when I was in, when I started WWF 96, uh, everybody, I got to know all the backstage crew and the photographers and things like that. Oh boy, Kevin, this, this time is so much better. It was a few years ago and everybody was very mean to us. It was very difficult for us to get our jobs done, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, yeah, sure, sure. Everybody's just crying blues, you know, they don't appreciate you. I got you. Well, Sid came back, right? And I was warned. Oh, by the way, Sid can be really prickly, so you might want to stay away from him. Okay. I had never met Sid before. Uh, and I had started doing Raws, and we're going along. And all of a sudden, uh, we're at a pay-per-view in Indianapolis. And he's, then all of a sudden, Sid goes, Kevin, can I talk to you for a minute? And all of a sudden, all the memories of everybody telling me this guy was difficult to deal with, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, uh, okay. And we went over to the side and he said, Hey, I really, I listened to your commentary. I just want to thank you. I was like, Oh, good. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank <laughs> and he said, uh, yeah, you, uh, I, he had had a match with Ron Simmons and, uh, he said, uh, I felt like you really did a, a great job of getting, you know, our, our physical story across. And I just wanted to tell you that I appreciate you and thank you very much. And I was like, Oh man, wow. thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, awesome. So, and, and, and that was like, but I didn't, I didn't go into it like, Oh, I've got to do good for Sid because he's going to be mean to me. If I'm not, you know, I'll call a spade a spade. It's the way it is. Yeah. Um, and so I think we, we have to we have to be mindful of that, but at the same time, our audience is not the wrestlers. Our audience are the fans at home, and we have a, we have credibility, and we can't say somebody's great if they're not great. Because yeah. if everybody's great, nobody's great. Now, there's Correct. a lot of guys that are great. You know, again, we're blessed in that regard, but um, we have to be careful with that. But we also have to not be shy about calling you know somebody on the carpet if they're not holding up their end of the bargain uh for, for example um you know i was very critical of honma and and not for any fault of his own but you know the guys come back from catastrophic you know ne a neck injury and it it's just to me it, it isn't where he needs to be but it doesn't mean he hasn't worked his ass off to try to get back and has done incredible to come back from where he has, but we can't shy away from the reality of what the fans at home are seeing. So That's we right. have to have to call attention to it. We can't beat it over anybody's head. Um, but we also can't be worried about any blowback. If it comes our way, if any of the wrestlers, you know, get their feelings hurt, which I have never experienced in new Japan. At least nobody's ever said anything to me. Um, I tell you and, my feelings are hurt all the time. Well, I try not to listen to you, Gino. That's the difference. <laughs> I've never heard, uh, you know, Chris, and, and this is, we, we can talk here freely because it's just us three and nobody's really listening to this. It's a, not. uh, it's a chore dealing with Gino day to day. <laughs> I mean, you're only there. We see you at the building, right? But this yeah, begins yeah. in the morning. 
and <laughs> it's the breakfast and then coffee and then the talking and the discussions and the woe is me. Oh, it never Talk, stopped. Help me put my tie on, Kevin. Well, yeah, okay, um, I needed help tying my tie. But, and you always complain my shirts are too small for me, which I'm very well aware of. But my point is, I was just about to congratulate you on becoming announcer of the year for 2019. Thank you. Thank you. What do you mean you about to? You just Well, I was going to, and he started making fun of me. Oh, come on now. Wait, what about, he was number 10. He was number two. Well, I got funniest for with Don Callis. I got for nine with Don, which is so funny. I got funniest commentator. Surely that's something. There wasn't an actual vote category, but he nevertheless, he said it. It counts. <laughs> well, he he's being nice. And no, yeah. you're very funny, uh, <laughs> but quite a handful. Jeez, uh, um, what do I tell you all the time? What do I tell you all the time? Relax. Shut up, Gino. No, no, relax. No, I, say no. <laughs> I say relax. Oh. You're doing great. People like you. Relax. softly. Yeah, just relax. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> and it's like, Chris, you, you have no idea. I mean, you see just a small window of it, but oh my goodness. And no, remember, little, Chris, Chris yeah, knows he stopped following me on Twitter, remember? Remember we had that discussion <laughs> on the train to Osaka? Yeah, why, why did you stop following? We never got the finish to that story. Why did you stop following Gino on Twitter, Chris? I have it. I follow him now. I have yeah, but you did it. I have a very oh. curated feed. Right now, uh, you know, the best way to make sure everybody stays healthy is to act together and act uh, sort of socially responsibly. Um, but also, uh, you know, keep up this, this sense of community that we have, which is appropriately why we have the New Japan Pro Wrestling Together project running on njpwworld.com right now. There are almost you know, pretty much daily there's, there's content going up there, whether it's archival matches, um, whether it's talk show sessions, uh, that are all being subtitled by the way. Um, so you've got this, this real, you know, really great insight of, uh, Ibushi and Tanahashi talking about uh, them tagging together. We've got madcap, Yusuke Taguchi variety hours. We've got, you know, we've got everything going up there. The, the chaos Academy where Toriyan is a teacher teaching, you know, showing you <laughs> how to, do calligraphy it's 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 mad it's absolute madness and well, lots of great stuff that you wouldn't normally see well chris i've offered two shows that you've ignored or rejected i offered to get my father who can speak very little english <laughs> to commentate some new japan matches and i've also offered for me to do a cooking show so they're still out there for the offer if you want them you, you email new japan office and you let them know that gino's cooking show or gino's father talks gino's gino senior talks wrestling <laughs> let him know now kevin you know my dad would do a great job he would be amazing and <laughs> it's a very knowledgeable fan chris this isn't just some who's this guy in the pants what does he do no it, he knows everybody he again, does he's not a native australian and i think his point of view with his accent would be comedy gold it would be <laughs> a lot of hammer talk <laughs> I just bought it. Twenty-seven years, I had this hammer. It's a brand new. Incredible. Uh, okay, so we will. 
<laughs> we will be back with you uh, very, very soon. Uh, I'm sure as, as the New Japan Pro Wrestling schedule picks up and up and up and up until uh, Wrestle Dynasty on August the 22nd, 2020, Madison Square Garden. I'm steamrolling you uh, as you're <laughs> telling me to say Dynasty. Um, that is coming up August 22nd. You can register for pre-sale right now and already um, a very, very healthy number uh, of tickets. It, it seems like a signing up onto those people that are, that are signing up for pre-sale. Uh, the pre-sale officially starts April the 8th um, and general on sale is April the 10th uh, for Wrestle Dynasty, Wrestle Dynasty, however you want to say it, in Madison Square Garden, August the 22nd. Um, so there, until next time, have you got one last message for the people, Gino? Uh, yeah, if you want a pizza, Bubba Pizza in Australia will look after you. Come uh, fill my pockets with cash. Being voted the uh, best announcer again this year, all the thank all the you know subscribers all the readers of the wrestling observer newsletter who uh you know picked me as number one thank you and thanks to all the fans of new japan uh gotten so many nice mentions and things like that on twitter uh at real kevin kelly and you know just again uh we're all in this together and i just look forward to being back alongside you guys very soon doing what we love to do best Oh, no, you made mine sound terrible. That's. (laughs) Can I redo mine, Chris? Let me redo mine. Thank you to all the fans for voting me funniest commentator, even though it wasn't a real category. And I love you all. And peace (laughs) be with you through these trying times. The the thing is, like, as as much as the 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 joke was, you know, where's Gino on the on that list, or or where was Rocky on that list? You know, I think. you know, Ke- and Kevin blew away the the competition on yes, on definitely. that particular poll. And I think you know, we've we've all said it since that that a vote for Kevin was a vote for to an extent a vote for all of us. I think you know, and, and it's an indication of of how well uh, that we work as a team. You know, I don't, I don't think there's there's any single. So what you what you're saying what is what I'm have. actually the best announcer. That's what you're in a, saying. In a sense. You <laughs> might be the now, co-best announcer. They've got worst announcer, too, and I didn't see any of our names over there. That's true. My there name wasn't on worst announcer, and that was a shock <laughs> to me, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, again, um, we, we, have to, we have to take these things you know, with the uh, collective mentality in which they are intended. I, too, I totally agree with you, Chris, that, uh, again, we're, we're speaking to the audience the way they – the, the way they would wish to be spoken to. And if we weren't, they would be voting not just with, you know, a vote on in a poll, but they would also be voting to not with subscribe. Their yep, exactly. With their wallets. And and that's why the subscriber base has continued to grow. And that's why there's just this rabid, passionate fan base uh, that are not just fans, but they're advocates. They will go out of their way to tell people about how great New Japan Pro Wrestling is. And, and we're the conduit to that. That's all we are. We just show them, hey, point, look, over there. And then they just go and do. And they're the ones that are diving in the archives. They're the ones that are joining all of these special shows with New Japan Pro Wrestling together. They're getting to enjoy you know, some funny, lighthearted things, some you know, shirtless Ibushi, uh, <laughs> all kinds of wacky stuff wow. that you yeah. can see the other way. It's just it's fantastic. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, the only thing that's, that's missing is, 
you know, more more wrestling and and we'll have that with you uh on the way very very soon and and we just can't wait to to talk to you and um you know you might hear my voice because i might be talking to you on this podcast before then um but until next time take care of yourselves gokigenyo sayonara